Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. You can find detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 172. Those notes include a summary of our discussion as well as links to resources we mentioned during the show. Search engine optimization or SEO is a field that has a horrible reputation. For years, SEO companies scammed their clients with big promises of boosting their search engine rankings only to fall short or just fail altogether. And yet the information on the subject continues to be confusing, contradictory in many cases, and frankly misleading in quite a few cases, which leads website owners to do silly things that simply won't move the needle or in some cases actually hurt their rankings. But that hasn't stopped businesses and freelance professionals from obsessing over their SEO. Writers often ask me how they can improve their rankings on Google. We had Heather Lloyd Martin on this show a few years ago to talk about SEO. She gave us some great, great advice, and I encourage you to check out that episode. This time, however, I wanted to bring in a different kind of practitioner. I wanted to talk to someone who doesn't do SEO for a living. Nothing wrong with that, but uh, instead I wanted to talk to someone who is a freelance professional who instead has had success optimizing his own website by making some simple tweaks. And that way you could have a different perspective on this important subject. My guest is Matt Olpinski. He is a freelance UX designer based in New York. Matt does a lot of website development work and has an impressive list of clients. And in this interview, he explains how he's been able to boost his search engine rankings like crazy with some simple adjustments. So let me share some of his own results because this is something we didn't actually get into during the interview, but we actually discussed right after we stopped recording. So some of the things that he mentioned. Uh, first, he ranks number two on Google for searches like Freelance UX Designer or Freelance UX Designer New York. And I actually double checked this myself and it's very true. Now, if, if you wanna check it, here's what you'll find. Um, when you do these searches, the first few are actually informational websites or some of these um, uh, kind of job boards and so forth. But uh, right after that, he is actually the first person that I noticed doing some of these searches who came uh, in, who showed up in the results, who was an actual practitioner as opposed to just kind of like an information article, for example. He's never paid for advertising or marketing to get an SEO boost. He's never, ever done that. Okay, so that's an important point. 88% of his traffic in the last five years has been organic and direct. And 82% of his visitors are brand new each year. Now, this is really impressive. These are some big numbers. He's had 63,000 unique page views and 32,000 unique visitors on his site in 2018 alone. So the bottom line is, the simple things he's done and he's going to talk about here in this interview have worked. And the best part of, it, of of what he's done is that these are things that any of us could do on our own, even if we don't have a lot of technical knowledge. I certainly don't have a lot of technical knowledge, but you know the things he discussed, these are things that I could actually do. So with that, I hope you enjoy the interview with Matt Alpinski. Matt, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Yeah, excited to be here. 
super. This has been a um, this is a topic, an evergreen, uh, hot topic, I should say. And I, you know, I always get questions about this, and uh, I think it's important to to kind of go a little bit deeper into this, maybe dispel some myths and talk about some things that actually matter. But before we get to that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, the kind of clients you work with, and so forth. Sure. Um, so at a basic level, um, I'm a web designer and developer. Uh, so I design you know, websites and uh, occasionally mobile apps, um, and then I code them as well. Um, HTML, CSS, and then, uh, you know, my marketing sites I do in WordPress. Um, and, you know, more recently I've been kind of focusing on custom websites, products, platforms, systems, um, you know, proprietary tools for larger businesses. Um, I've been a full-time freelancer for nearly four years and part-time, uh, for seven years before that, uh, including college. Um, and I've since, you know, done this type of work for, you know, startups that you've never heard of as well as, you know, uh, big global brands like, um, you know, Marriott International and American Express and, uh, Bloomberg, uh, Facebook and, you know, some other big ones that are on my site. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, it doesn't, it sounds like you don't necessarily have a specific target market. Maybe is your specialty more like project uh, driven or like how do you distinguish yourself typically? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I have been refining that more, I would say, in the last year and a half, um, kind of trying to focus more on, uh, I haven't necessarily niched down on a specific client yet, um, but I did refine my service offering to be, you know, um, custom custom websites and apps um so i have the marketing side of things marketing websites uh then in the second bucket i kind of have you know custom proprietary products and tools and you know uh software and that kind of stuff and then the third bucket's kind of mobile app design um those are the three things that people uh have most commonly contacted me for and everything else like you know uh hey can you install this uh pre-made wordpress template and customize it for me uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I kind of pushed to the side and said, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, that's, I think it's smart. Uh, stay focused. Um, I, I know you're a big believer in having clients come to you, right? Attracting prospects, attracting clients. And you, you like to talk about how that's, um, that's really important. Can you maybe explain kind of like why you feel strongly about client attraction uh, as opposed to, you know, just knocking on doors all the time. Yes. Um, so that is probably, uh, you know, as I've been, you know, freelancing full time and kind of, you know, uh, writing advice for people and having conversations with people, that's probably the number one question I get asked is, um, how do I find more freelance clients? And, and my response is, is always, um, you're asking the wrong question. Um, so people typically ask, how can I find more clients? And, and, and they're, what I think they should be asking instead is, how can I help more clients be finding me? Um, and I think this is, this is true for my business. I think this is true for, for most businesses. I'm, I'm assuming your own as well, where um, if you want to build a healthy, sustainable business of any kind, whether it's freelancing, you know, company of one or a huge business, um, you can't rely um, on you know, constant outbound, uh, you know, cold lead generation. I think you have to, at some point there has to be, um, some clients coming to you. Um, and that's sort of the position I try to help people get in 
um, sooner than later because it does it is a process that that can take a little bit of time you know if you start freelancing and you throw a website up um, you can't just expect people to just start finding you you know the next day um, so it, it does take a little bit of effort and a little bit of time so the earlier that you can start doing uh, that and focusing on that um, the better off I think you'll be long term no I think that's absolutely smart um, one of the things that I do a lot with my clients is depending on where they are we might start with some heavy kind of outbound strategies just because we need to make something happen really quickly. Um, yep. But that's not sustainable. I agree. I mean, especially the pace that they may have to uh, go on early, early on. So uh, sure. I, I think that's, yeah, at some point you do have to transition. Otherwise you can exhaust yourself. Um, so you, you bring up websites and I know we're going to be talking about websites and SEO. Um, I'm going to ask you this question because um, I do have uh, a lot of people in my tribe who, for one reason or another, still don't have a website. In some cases, they may not feel they have a website. But how important is it to have a website if you are a freelance professional? Man, uh, I think it's I think it's one of the most important things that you can have. Um, and I think that you know, in the last couple of years, um, platforms like WordPress and Wix and Squarespace and you know a number of other ones that have popped up, um, they they kind of make it uh, a no-brainer, right? Like you don't have to go out and hire a freelance designer or a developer or an agency or anything like that. You can do it yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be written from scratch. It doesn't have to be custom. It can be a theme. Um, clients don't really care and, and probably won't even know any better um, whether they're looking at a custom site or, or pre-made template. Um, what they do care about is the content on that website and how much uh, they think um, you can help your business by looking at that website. So. Um, that is, yeah, I would say it's, it's really kind of a non-negotiable thing. Um, and you're really missing out on a huge, a huge number of people who potentially would want to work with you by, by not having a website, you're really limiting your visibility. So I'd, I'd say there's really no reason that I can think of why you wouldn't have one. I, I agree. It's never been easier. I, I see this question, um, kind of a little bit with newbies who are launching, they might be experienced, but they're going solo for the first time. And also with established people who maybe started like 20 years ago and they feel that all their business is word of mouth. So what do I even need a website? But you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, you're leaving a lot of opportunities uh, on the table. You're just not even coming close to, to, to that uh, without that presence. Um I want to get a little more granular because I'd like to focus uh, a lot of our conversation on SEO, search engine optimization. Uh, I find that this is a topic that creates a lot of confusion. Um, I also believe there's a ton of misinformation out there on the topic. How important is it to optimize your website today? And along with that, is this still something that we can impact or has Google gotten so sophisticated that there's just really not much we can do to move that needle? Yeah. Uh, great stuff. That's a, there's a lot going on there. Let me, let me kind of pick it apart a little bit. Um, so you're right. Um, the whole, uh, topic of SEO I think has become very polluted, um, by, you know, primarily by businesses, at least from my perspective, by businesses that claim to, you know, pay us lots and lots of money. We'll get you ranking on the first page of Google. Um, and there's all these buzzwords that kind of get thrown around. And if you're not really familiar with the marketing and advertising world, um, it just sounds like nonsense. It sounds like they're just asking for a lot of money. You really don't know what you're getting. You don't understand it. Um, so I think when people hear the term SEO now, 
their in, initial uh, reaction, their gut instinct is just an immediate turnoff. They don't even want to hear any more about it. They're like, oh, that's some marketing jargon. It doesn't mean anything. It's not helpful. Um, and the reality is a little bit different. Um, it's actually very important. Um, and I think that uh, you can optimize, you should optimize um, you know, for SEO. And it's not as difficult as people think. It's not this crazy world where, where you know you need necessarily um, you know a professional to do this. I think there's some really basic fundamental things that all of us can do to make our websites um, appear more in front of the right people more frequently, um, you know, pretty easily. So you know, we'll we'll get into more of that, you know, as we continue to talk about this stuff. So that hasn't changed. I mean, five ten years ago, definitely important. Um, but even as sophisticated as Google's gotten in knowing where there's relevance and where people are trying to cheat the system, you're saying, hey, that's still something you need to to focus on and pay attention to because you can impact how optimized your website is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you can, I think it's even um, because Google has gotten smarter, I think there's, um, I think that it's it's easier in some ways to optimize your SEO. Um, so I think where the the problem comes in is it's the amount of, uh, it's the volume of content that's on the internet now compared to 10 years ago, right? It's not necessarily Google's algorithm. Um, in fact, Google's algorithm has gotten better because it did away with, like it places, I think it, I don't know if it, it minimized um, key, the keyword ranking factor down to like almost zero or it got rid of it completely. I'm not sure which one it was, but basically what was going on a couple years ago was that um, people were just throwing in tons of keywords that didn't necessarily have anything to do with what their, what the content was on their website um, just, just to rank higher. And Google saw that and they were like, all right, well that, that's kind of silly. Let's not do that um, anymore. So they got rid of that. And, and now that's not a factor that really affects your, your website's ranking at all. So I think that, you know, things like that have, have actually helped, um, you know, and not hurt. So yeah, you can absolutely move the needle. Um, and I think it's not as hard as people think to, to move that needle. So let, let's talk about some of those factors. So the factors that affect SEO and page rankings today, what, what would you say are the biggest ones? And again, I, I like to think in terms of 80, 20, right. Uh, which many times it's like, you know, five ninety five or ten ninety. but the few things that, are worth paying attention to because they're going to make the biggest difference. And, and not only do I want to know what you feel these are, but also to what degree could, could they potentially impact your rankings? Sure. Um, yeah, I have a, a short list. There's like seven or eight things. So I'll just kind of highlight them really quick. Um, so one, uh, is the page, the page titles. This is, this is my number one for a couple of reasons. Um, I can talk about it in more detail. So page titles, that is, um, not necessarily the, the title that you see on your website. That's the title that you see in the browser tab. Um, that's, that's what shows up in Google search results. Um, so that page title, um, for each of the pages on your site, that title is very important. What's in that title is very important. And I can, you know, get into the anatomy of what I think should be there, um, based on some of the success that I've had. The second thing is your page headings. And that is actually what you see, um, on the website itself. So when you go to the homepage, maybe there's a title right in the middle, um, the about page, services page, same thing. Those headings matter. Those those H1 uh, tags in the HTML code, that's, that's uh, a big factor. Um, page descriptions, this is also something that you can change. The meta description on each page is important. Um, so what a lot of people end up doing is either not writing one at all or they write one for the whole website and they include the same description on every page. Um, but if you can just do... Um, 
if you can just write uh, a, a unique description for each page, that'll that'll make a difference um, in your rankings. The next one is uh, URLs uh, or slugs, they call them, um, and that's just uh, the actual URLs, right? It's like my website dot com slash services slash about slash contact um, if you're writing an article um, you know like website uh, content management systems like WordPress when you type in you start a blog post right if you have a blog you start uh, your blog post and you type in the blog title and it automatically creates that URL for you and it's really long and it's basically the entire title um, of the blog of the blog post um, with a bunch of dashes in it so if you go in and actually shorten that so I think uh, brevity if you can if you can keep that short to just just the actual important words um, it's easier for humans to remember it's easier for Google to index um, it's less noise so URLs are, are definitely uh, a, a big ranking factor um, the next thing is page links just having good page links you know linking between your own pages um, linking out to other relevant sites um, backlinking from other sites if you can get you know your website on some other sites somehow um, that would be helpful as well. Um, so the more websites that are out there that know about your website, um, that's going to you know help improve your SEO as well. Probably one of the biggest factors um, is fresh content. So um, that's a problem with a lot of I think freelance uh, websites is that they they just have a hard time. How do how do I make fresh content if it's just a portfolio site, right? Like how do I how do I put fresh content on there? I'm not writing a blog. Um, that can be that can be difficult. Um, and the way that I sort of accidentally stumbled upon that was, um, as a designer, I pretty much um, redesigned my website every year. Not because I um, necessarily wanted to, but because I learned I was learning so much so fast as a designer that I'd look back a year later at my old website and I was like, man, what was I thinking? I can do that better. <laughs> um, so I just I just redid it. Um, and relaunched it and and um, rewrote it, uh, rewrote the content and kind of you know I'd learn a little bit more about what clients want and then I'd rewrite so, you know my services page and stuff. So I think just always kind of going in there and tinkering and tweaking your site um, is a good thing. You don't always have to rewrite it from scratch, but um, but just those those new pages that that fresh content Google will recrawl um, your website and that'll help you rank higher. Um, proper HTML code is big if you are doing a custom site. Um, having valid uh, structured, uh, good-looking, you know, HTML code is going to be very important. Um, it's going to make it easier for Google to index. Um, if you're using a website builder like Wix or Squarespace or anything like that, um, you can probably safely assume that the code is pretty good. Um, so I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, and then the domain. The last one is the domain age. So that's why that's another reason why I tell people to do this sooner than later because you can certainly do cold outreach, you know, and direct marketing and stuff like that in the beginning. You know, you can leverage your network, I mean, reach out to family and friends, things like that. I'm all in favor of that. But at the same time, I think if you can start with a website um, and get it up online sooner than later, um, the the length of the domain age is, is certainly a, a factor as well. I don't think it's um, such a big factor that your website won't rank at all unless it's been around for 10 years, but it's definitely something that you want to, you want to consider. So I'd say do that sooner than later. Yeah. So a website, uh, you know, that's been around for 12, 15 years. I mean, that just shows that, you know, you're everything else being equal, you're kind of established, you know, this is not a fly by night thing. So that, that makes perfect sense. I had a couple of follow-up questions on some of the things you mentioned. When The first one you mentioned was page title. 
Yep. With that one, are you referring then to the to the meta tag, the the title tag? Yes. Okay, so that would be the title tag, uh, and then the headings would be the H one headings, which was the yep. second one you mentioned. Okay. Um, all right. So you know, ten years ago, like the big uh, the buzzword was uh, keywords, and you mentioned how that's kind of gone down. Uh, so what what uh, factor uh, how does that how do keywords factor in or do they factor in how does google know you know what is this website about itself and what the different pages are about do they just does it just use page titles or are there other ways that i can uh, kind of help google uh identify who needs to who this website would be relevant for um Gosh, you know, I wish I wish I had um, a little bit of a better answer to that. I uh, just for everyone listening, I'm I'm certainly not an SEO expert. Um, I sort of stumbled onto some some degree of SEO success or my website's ranking very highly, and I've sort of been trying to reverse engineer that um, ever since it happened. Um, so I think I think a lot of what you're saying, you know, it comes down to I've kind of boiled it down to these seven or eight things. You know, the fresh content. Um, the, the descriptions, those page descriptions I mentioned, those meta tag descriptions, you, having a unique one for each page. There was, a, there was a specific point in time when I saw a major shift. So I had, it was 2000, it was the end of 2014, I believe. So I had my, I put my website up for the first time. I'll tell you just a little bit of a story that I think will help uh, shed some light on this. Um, so I had my website up and when I started college in 2008, it was a really basic portfolio site. I pretty much redesigned it and relaunched it, like I said, every year up until 2014. In 2014, I did something different. Um, I did a couple things different. One, I started to think um, from the perspective of my ideal client. So I said, you know what, I took a look at my website and one day this kind of light bulb just went off. I was like, you know what, this is really all about me and there's if I was a client looking at this, um, I probably wouldn't like it very much. So I, I re, rebuilt the whole site, uh, writing the content and, write, and, and designing the site specifically for my ideal client. And when I did that, I rebuilt it on WordPress and I started to, for no other reason other than I'm a little OCD, I just started to go in and make sure that, okay, like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to put the effort into making this website. Let me just make sure that the titles are really good. The headings are really good. The descriptions are unique to each page. I had no idea how that would affect my SEO rankings, or I wasn't even thinking about SEO when I did it. I just kind of wanted to, to do it. Um, but immediately after relaunching my site like that, I started to see a, a difference. And that's when I started to get more leads um, from my website. I started to get a lot more traffic to my website. I started to get contacted by people um, who weren't necessarily even looking for web design help. They were just other freelancers or they were um, people looking to, you know, ask me questions or have me on a podcast or something like this. So that was like the clear, the clear turning point um, in, in my kind of freelancing career where, where I just adjusted these things. Um, and I think if other people just pay attention to these things. I think that's the, probably the biggest problem is people just don't even bother paying attention to this stuff. I think if you just pay attention to it, you'll be ahead of, you'll be way ahead of most of the competition. I like that. Cause that's, uh, these are, these are very simple things. I think you've given us a list many times when I see these things, I'm like, Oh, this sounds like a nightmare, you know? <laughs> uh, but these are fairly simple things. Of course he took it a couple of notches 
up because you have the capability to kind of rebuild your site and all that. But for, you know, the everyday uh, person, uh, these are things that we can do. Um, I'm curious about, because I'm sure you hear this all the time too, right? Uh, a friend or a colleague says, man, I'm ranking like number three in Google for, um, I don't know, uh, high tech copywriter in Miami, you know, or, or something like that. And, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, I know Google started changing things where search results became a little bit more personalized. Um, is that really still important? I mean, is that still kind of a valid, uh, thing or is that kind of like a, what I would call maybe a vanity result? You know, Hey, I'm ranking really high for so-and-so. Um, no. So I, I don't, I don't think that it's, uh, necessarily, uh, you know, kind of vanity results. Um, so you're, I think you're kind of touching on one main major point that I really wanted to make sure got across, uh, in, in our conversations today. Um, so when when I'm writing these page titles that I that I talked about, um, you know, you mentioned this specific search like you know freelance copywriter, you know Miami or something like that. Um, when clients are searching for freelancers, what I've found in my experience and in my kind of success with my my web traffic is that they're searching for three things. When they actually type words into Google search, they're they're typing three main components. Um, so the first one is the task that they want completed. It's UI design, UX design, website redesign, copywriting, something. That's the task. The second thing is a geographic location. So New York or you know LA or San Francisco. It might be a city. It could be a country. It's more likely a city. Typically, clients like working with um, people from their area, or at least that's what they'll start out searching for. And the third thing is the type of person they need. Am I looking for a freelancer? Am I looking for an agency? Um, am I looking for a company? It's and those are all synonymous to us. But but the the person who's doing the search has they they type one of those words in as their preference. Um, so the way that kind of um, turns out when in the search is they'll type in something like freelance UX designer New York or freelance UI designer NY or UI designer NY or something like that. Um, freelance copywriter, you know, New York or whatever it might be. Um, those tend to be the most common uh, search phrases um, that I've that I found that clients uh, use. So what I've done on my own website is, you know, all my page titles. It's uh, page name Matt Lipinski, UI UX designer New York on every page. And the only difference is that the the very first thing is the unique page name, right? So if it's services, it's services, Matt Olpinski, UI, UX design. And in Google, uh, that that means a lot. That has a lot of weight in Google. It, the, Google knows exactly what is on this page, um, and it can rank that um, more highly. So uh, I hope that answers that question a little bit. It oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. And, and what follow-up question to that, though, that's not considered kind of keyword stuffing, having the same huge component of that page title and only changing what that page is about, like services or about. So that's sounds like it's kosher to do that. I mean, it has been for me. I don't see why not because you're 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 not um you're not loading the page title up with with stuff that's irrelevant, right? Yeah. Like the, the the entire website is still my website, so it's my name, it's what I do, and it's where I am. So those three things are are common to every page, no matter what. Um, so 
I, I actually, it's done, I, I think, again, I'm, you know, I'm not an expert at this, but in my experience, that's worked very, very well. Yeah, I, I would add, I think for writers, there's one more element that if it were me, I would go ahead, ahead and add. So you mentioned the the task they want completed, right? So the, the deliverable, geographic location, type of person they need, and I would add a target market. Because if, if your focus, if your specialty is, I don't know, the health IT market, that's who you typically work with, man, um, I know if I were a marketing director in a health IT company and I was looking for somebody with that kind of experience, that that would definitely make my search. Absolutely. You know? For sure. I, that's 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 fantastic advice. I would definitely say, you know, the more specific you can get with this, if you really know exactly who you want to work with. I think that's one reason why I didn't do that is because I haven't really hundred percent figured out the exact type of person that I, I only want to work with them. But if you, if you are figuring that out and you have that niche down, um, by all means do that. I think that's great. So let's, let's talk a little bit about copy. Um, and I'm not sure if you, how much you have here or if you have some suggestions, but you know, for those who were maybe, uh, going down this path and said, you know, might as well just go ahead and rewrite my copy from a, a search standpoint. Uh, do you have any tips or suggestions for writing web copy that will resonate uh, with our ideal clients and help us get found online, right? Kind of striking the right balance between SEO, but making sure that the that the copy uh, speaks to to our ideal client. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I realize that I'm speaking, you know, primarily to an audience of copywriters, and I myself uh, have certainly not been trained in copywriting, so I I don't want to uh, necessarily give copywriting tips. But what I think um, I have learned is that. Uh, and, and something I think a lot of freelancers struggle with, um, and I struggled with myself, is that I think we, what we just need to do more of is try to see things from the perspective of the client rather than our own perspective. As, as freelancers, whether you're a designer, copywriter, marketer, or developer, it doesn't matter. Um, we always try to, or we always, it's our natural instinct to just write kind of from our perspective. It's very difficult to, to, to change your perspective and see how is the client actually looking at my website? What are they thinking? Um, you know, they're probably, they have like a really busy day. Um, you know, there's all these, there's all these things. If you start like actually shifting your perspective a bit, um, I think that is where I've found some success, um, in writing my copy. I think that's why, uh, you know, the, the, the copy on my website seems to resonate well with clients is because I'm, I'm actually talking to them in a way that they kind of want to be talked to or expecting to be talked to, um, or it's, it's at least refreshing for them to see it that way. So, um, I think as far as the impact on, on Google, um, and SEO results, um, I mean, it, like I said, it, it consistency, I, let, let's do, let's go with that. I think consistency is probably one of the biggest things, you know, across my website. Um, I talk, my blog is about freelancing. I'm not saying people need to go out and start, start blogging, but, um, my blog is about freelancing. Um, I mentioned that I'm, you know, a freelancer. I mentioned that I'm available for freelancing. Um, I have, you know, freelance services that I offer. So there's, you know, I wouldn't get too bogged down. Like my my actual services page on my website, I don't really know if I mentioned freelancing specifically that word in there, right? Um, it's it's in my page titles. Um, you know, my blog content, you know, boosts that up as well. I think um, so. There's enough of it. You know, you want to you want it to be natural too. You don't want to if you start going down this rabbit hole where like you're you're kind of forcing these words into your paragraphs and pages. I, I don't know if that's necessary. I wouldn't I wouldn't start there at least. Um, I'd start with some of these more basic things that we talked about and then, you know, see how that does over a couple the course of a couple months and, and kind of adjust from there. 
Well, and, and I think if you take the advice that you gave us earlier, I think that that's maybe like a good guide as well. Uh, task they want completed, geographic location, type of person, and then, of course, I had a target market. That could be a great guide because yeah. that's that, that, that search that they're going to make basically distills their need, doesn't it? Yep, you know? exactly. Um, so I think that's I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, I'm curious because – as we start kind of wrapping up, one one thing that I, I see happen frequently is when a writer has just overhauled their website uh, or they've changed domain names uh, because they're pivoting into a new target market um, or they've gone from being on Squarespace to maybe same domain, but now they're going to WordPress. And there's always that question of like, you know, man, I've had like pretty good SEO juice, like prospects find me uh, you know frequently uh, by doing google searches i'm afraid of making the switch because i feel like you know this might like end that um any thoughts on that do you think that still happens and if so uh is it something to really worry about yeah um that's a yeah that's a good question it it can happen um i think you know and that that's something that that clients when i work with clients they're worried about that too right well if we overhaul my website like what happens to all my search results, how do we kind of keep that intact? So I think some of the basic things you can do um, if you're pivoting or transitioning is try to keep as many of those URLs, those those page slugs, um, you know, the same as you can, or at the very least redirect them uh, to to some new page on your website. So you want to kind of keep some some level of symmetry there unless you really need to, to change something. Um, but beyond that, um, I wouldn't be too afraid to overhaul it because chances are, um, if you're pivoting, um, like you mentioned, and you're switching domain names and that stuff, um, chances are it's going to be an improvement. You're not doing that to make anything worse. Um, so you're probably getting more specific with who you're targeting. Um, your your content's probably better. Um, your domain name is hopefully better. Um, you can have multiple domains pointing to the same site. Um, I have that on my site right now. It, I, it hasn't seemed to affect anything at all. Um, and... Um, Something that I, you know, kind of a little personal experience from my end is that, you know, uh, last year I had a services page on my site that wasn't really very informative. Um, and I kind of had this decision, right? Okay, I can, should I make these new pages on my site? Should I redo my services page? Should I redo my contact form and kind of focus on just these three things? That was a big shift because clients, that's the number one page they want to go to is my work and my services. So updating that was a little scary but it ended up working out really well and i am not 100 percent sure if i'm getting more or less traffic to those specific pages right now but what i do know is that the people who have been contacting me have been much better clients recently because my services pages are better so i think you know um don't worry i wouldn't worry too much about that if you need to make improvements to your site go make improvements to your site um and i wouldn't worry about it too much unless you have like phenomenal seo right now and you really you know, uh, don't want to mess that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's great. And so what I'm hearing, Matt, of course, we're just speculating here is that going back to original question that I had about uh, Google and how sophisticated, sophisticated it's gotten is that, um, if you're doing the right thing, there's a good probability that it's going to help you not hurt you where maybe 10, 15 years ago, maybe that wasn't true. At least that's that's what I'm seeing from listening to you, reading articles, and just kind of staying on top of what's going on there in the SEO world. 
Um, yeah, that, that it's, it. if you're if you're kind of like you know doing the right things and being a good guy or a good gal, um, that's now going to serve you as opposed to before where maybe it could hurt you. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's accurate for sure. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So I, I know you have an ebook available for purchase on the topic of getting more clients from your website as a freelancer. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have, um, you know, on my site, I have a, a handful of resources available for freelancers. Um, but this one specifically um, is essentially uh, everything we talked about today in a lot more detail. It's just a, it's a 50 page um, PDF booklet that, that goes into a lot of detail um, into all these things and tells a little bit of, you know, uh, gives some examples through a little bit of storytelling, kind of what worked for me and why it worked and kind of like my reverse engineering process, like what I figured out along the way. Um, it's obviously got the main stuff that we talked about today in it. Um, and it, and it just goes into more granular detail on what can you actually do? My whole goal with that book was to be super actionable. So, um, when people ask these questions, like, you know, how can I rank higher on Google? How can I get clients actually finding me? Um, it goes through, you know, the whole, the whole process of how, how I figured all that out from having your own website to defining the purpose of your website, writing copy for your ideal clients, optimizing your SEO, displaying your best work, um, designing for your ideal client, staying consistent across social media, examining the competition. There's, it just kind of runs the whole gamut of like this whole, the whole perspective of, uh, of everything we talked about today and a little bit more. That's awesome. Where, where can we learn more about it? Um, so if you go to my site, uh, it's mattelpinski.com um, under the products tab, the products uh, section, mm -hmm. um, there's, it's called the ultimate guide to getting more clients from your website. And the whole, the whole focus is on a tr having clients uh, come to you rather than having to put yourself in a situation where you're constantly chasing after them. Absolutely. Cool. So we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. And of course, that was my last question. Where can we learn more about you and your business? And, you know, so that's the, uh, that's the website. Uh, Matt, thank you so much, man. You know what I really appreciate about what you shared here. This is like real, um, this is real stuff. You know, sometimes when you talk to SEO experts, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody specifically, but when you, when you listen to them, when you read their stuff, it's like they're living in a different world. And I wanted to talk to a real person and even more important, uh, really a, another freelancer who's done things that have really, really helped them on their website. So I appreciate uh, you being so open uh, with these ideas and, and sharing what's worked for you. Yeah, of course. Um, like I said, I'm by no means uh, an SEO expert, but these are some of the, the tips and tricks that have kind of worked for me. And I hope that they will uh, help others along the way as well. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.